Hey, I'm glad you're here uh, today. I want to encourage you, if you've got your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I am doing a new series. It's actually called The Corona Crisis. And that's exactly what we're dealing with today. We are dealing with a crisis that eclipses anything we've known in our lifetime. And it affects all of us. Working moms who are normally in the office 9 to 5 are now homeschooling. Uh, businesses are closed, restaurants are closed, people, some are losing their jobs. Those that are graduating from college or high school are wondering, am I going to have a graduation ceremony? People that serve in the medical profession, their lives are overwhelmed. And tragically, many people are dying across, across the world. Well, in this corona crisis, there's some questions we're all asking. Every one of us asks, how long will the quarantine last? Is it going to get worse? Where am I going to get food or other things I need? What if I get the virus? Well, friends, I want to tell you this. There is a way we can deal with this uncertainty. It's having faith in God. I want to say that again. There is a way we can deal with the uncertainty and craziness around us. It is through our faith in God. Because our faith in God helps us receive the things that we need. And it helps us endure the crisis until it's over. No matter what happens in our life, we can make it with strong faith in God. Well, today I want to look at Hebrews chapter 11 and I want to tell you three things. I want to tell you what faith is. And then I want to tell you how you can receive from God. I've entitled this message, What If? It is the question people are asking, what if these bad things happen? Where is God in the midst of it? And what I'm talking about today is I'm talking about faith. And as we talk about faith today, it will help you and it will help all of us face an uncertain future. Now I want to ask you before I begin this message, if you would get rid of the distractions. I've been watching a lot of live streaming on TV and if I've got my phone, if I'm not careful, I'm multitasking, I'm playing on my phone and I'm watching uh, whatever it may be on, on, on the screen. I believe God's given me a word for you. And I want to encourage you to do your best right now to lay aside anything else that's around you and listen to what the Lord says through the Scripture. I want to begin today with Hebrews 11.1. 1. What is faith in God? Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 defines it for us. It says, Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we don't see. Another translation says, Faith means being sure of the things we hope for. And knowing that something is real even if we don't see it. Another translation said faith is the evidence of things we can't see. So those are big words. Confidence, assurance, being sure, knowing, evidence. How about if we use this definition? Faith is simply a belief that God can and will. Now you fill in the blank. Faith is a belief, a trust, a confidence in God and an assurance, a knowing. That God can and will, whatever the need is, whether it be my healing, my provider, my protector, my sustainer, that's what faith is. Uh, faith in God has two functions, as I said. What we're going to see in Hebrews chapter 11 is one aspect of faith is faith helps me receive. In other words, 
I have things that I'm praying for. I have needs in my life. Faith becomes the vehicle where I reach out to God and God provides for me. But there's another aspect of faith we're going to learn is faith helps me endure. Because faith is not magic where you click your fingers or rub Aladdin's lamp and the problem disappears. Sometimes we go through difficulties in crisis. If you do an honest read in the pages of Scripture, you will know and learn and understand that great people of, uh, uh, in the Bible oftentimes dealt with difficulty. They dealt with struggles. They dealt with hardship. And faith allowed them to endure that. I want to look first as we can have this faith in God uh, to meet our needs in a crisis. Now in Hebrews chapter 11, of course, it's basically a litany of the great heroes of faith. It's a list of men and women who were able to do great things through this simple belief in a great God. Uh, Verse 32 says this, it reminds us of people like Gideon and Samson, of David, Samuel, and the prophets. Now listen, who through faith in God conquered kingdoms, gained what was promised, shut the mouths of lions. You remember Daniel? They quenched the fury of the flames, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They escaped the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned into strength. It all happens because of faith. They became powerful in battle. Listen to this, it gets better. Faith allows these women, verse 35, they receive back their dead, raised to life again. And friends, this is not just Bible stories. These are real historical accounts that should inspire us to believe that God can and will help us in a crisis because faith has power, friends. I want to look now at at, at one of the many examples. The example I'm going to look at under this receiving faith is a great man. His name was Abraham. I'll just call him Abe. And then his wife was Sarah. Now, let's read their story. We're in Hebrews 11. Verse 11 says this. It was, and if you're listening, say it with me, By faith. By faith, Sarah was past childbearing age. She was enabled to bear children. Now, what we're going to see in this story as it unfolds, Abraham and Sarah are both older people. Abraham is bumping 100 and Sarah is bumping 90. Now, how many know 90-year-old women don't have babies? And all the women said, thank God. But you know what? It was an impossible situation But faith helped this older couple conceive a lifelong dream that they'd hoped for. Listen, it said Sarah was past childbearing age. She was unable to bear children because, now listen, she considered God faithful who'd made the promise. Now, the anchor of our faith is the promise of God. It is the Word of God. It is God speaking to us. Faith is more than a, oh, faith is more than, 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 than a desire. It's more than a need. But faith is literally anchored to the Word of God. It's anchored to a, through a, to a Bible prophecy. Faith is anchored to something the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And that's exactly what Sarah and Abraham had. They had a promise from God. And I want to tell you, friend, the same God is making promises to you and I today in this crisis. Look at verse 12. And so from this one man, Abraham, he was as good as dead. Descendants came that were as countless as the sand on the seashore. I believe there's about 15 million Jews that are alive today. 
They all descended from Abraham. And Abraham was called the father of faith in the Bible that every person who believes in Jesus Christ, every person that has found salvation through Christ and Christ alone, guess what? Abraham is the father of us all. And it came because of a promise. Uh, so the Bible tells us, listen, that when things look impossible, there's a great Bible verse, Luke 137, I bet you know it. It's surrounding Mary when, uh, when before Jesus was born and Elizabeth, who couldn't have a baby. The scripture says, nothing will be impossible with God. Now, if I could just speak that to you, not just your head, but your heart. Nothing is impossible with God. A crisis that is shutting down the world. How will I get food? What am I going to do with my children? What if that virus comes in our home? Nothing is impossible with God. God is the one that is going to reveal to a scientist. Who's going to reveal to a team of people. His solution to the crisis. God will help our economics. And God can even move outside the natural systems of man. We may find in the coming days God may not only allow things to slow down in the world, but he may stop us in our tracks until we repent of our pride and realize we can't do anything without him. And the same God that provided uh, healing for some of the dreaded diseases of the past of measles and mumps and, and tuberculosis and all these things. Listen, friend, the secret was hidden in the counsel of God and men were allowed to uncover it. Nothing is impossible with God. The same God that fed Elijah through ravens. The same God who was able to feed through the ministry of Jesus Christ thousands of men and women and children. That same God's able to feed us. Let it sink in your hearts. Nothing is impossible with God. Now here's a question. How do people of faith act? If we can be convinced that we, God wants us to receive these answers, Abraham and, and Sarah are an example, then how do I how, how, how do people of faith act? What did Abraham do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Uh, Romans chapter 4 is probably uh, the greatest graphic example of how this man grappled with his difficulties. How he got from where he was, his crisis of barrenness, to the place of being a daddy. Romans chapter 4, the context is about our salvation and our faith for salvation. But the principle is transferable to today. Listen to what it says. Romans 4 verse 16 and it says, people receive God's promise by having, come on now, faith. People receive God's promise by having faith. This is what the scriptures mean. Now listen, I'm going to show you four examples here, if you catch them in these next few verses, about how you and I can become men and women of faith to receive from God in our time of need. It says, verse 17, God told him, I have made you the father of many nations. And this happened... Because Abraham believed in God, and listen about God's power, who brings the dead back to life and can create new things out of nothing. The first secret to a man or woman of faith is that when the scripture said God told him, it is the foundation of our faith, as I told you, is not a need, it's not a, a promise, a problem, uh, it's not a desire, but the basis of our faith is a promise from God. You look in your Bible and you can find anchors in the Word of God. Read through the book of Psalms. It is relatable in everyday life. It's filled with emotion. But you'll find the promises of God leaping off the page. 
The Word of God can turn depression into hope. The Word of God can turn discouragement into life. See, the promises of God is the first thing Abraham had. He knew what God's will was and he prayed accordingly. Now, I want to encourage you to join me as a mature Christian. Let's get beyond praying just about our need. Let's do more than look in the refrigerator and see what we don't have. But let's begin to seek God and pray, Lord, what is your will? What are you trying to do in the earth today? It's just possible, friend, that God's about to send the greatest spiritual awakening the world has ever known. As God shakens us, as God humbles us, men and women across uh, the nations of the world will begin to cry out to Him as the one and true God. Listen, I don't want to just, in this time, look in the mirror at myself and my needs. I want to pray. I want to hear God. I want to read my Bible. I want to know what the will of the Lord is. And that's the way that I want to pray. That could come through a Bible verse, a prophecy from God. It could be a promise the Holy Spirit quickens to your heart. But the foundation of our faith is God's Word. Let's look further. Verse 18, how this hundred-year-old man had a baby. Now, the Bible says there was no hope that Abraham would have children. But in the middle of his crisis, listen to what it says. Abraham believed God, and here's the second point, he continued hoping. That's what you and I have to do in this crisis if, 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 if the powers that be, and listen, I'm grateful that our government is doing the best they can to protect us. I'm submitting, my wife and I are submitting, we're distancing ourselves, we're staying at home. But sometimes it looks hopeless. If they extend the quarantine, listen, you and I will keep believing in God. Abraham believed God and continued hoping. And he became the father of many nations as God told him. Your descendants will be too many to count. Now let's keep going. Abraham was much past the age of having children, and Sarah couldn't have children. In other words, they were in a crisis, just like you're in a crisis. There are some things that we cannot do. Right now, the trucks are still pulling up at Walmart, and I hope they continue to pull up. But what if they didn't? Are you and I just left alone to depend what's in our closet, our pantry, our refrigerator? Are we going to steal from other people? Are we going to decide right now, I'm going to have an unshakable faith in God? The same God that's provided before will provide again. Let's keep reading. Look at what it says. Abraham thought, here's the third one, he thought about all this. In other words, Abraham didn't bury his hand in the sand. He didn't, he didn't pretend there wasn't a problem. He thought about it, but he, his faith in God didn't become weak. In other words, Abraham kept holding on to faith. He did more than just watch the news on television or, or what's on social media. Abraham held on to the word of God. Notice, he never doubted that God would keep his promise. He never stopped believing. Can you and I can say, declare right now, we're never going to stop believing in God who is good. He grew stronger in his faith. And here's the fourth thing. He gave praise to God. Well, listen, friends. I want to tell you, in my life and in yours... If we just think about the problem, we'll go down and be discouraged. But if we'll let thanksgiving and praise rise up in our hearts, if in the middle of your difficulty, when tears are in your eyes, when you're listening to your children and their troubles, let a song of praise come on your heart and your lips. Turn on Christian music. Begin to play it. Sing along in worship. Engage God. There's something about the power in praise because your praise allows you to fly like a bird 
above your problems. Listen, friend, faith was how Abraham received from God, and faith is how we'll receive his promises, whether our daily bread or healing or our answered prayer. It's the power of faith. Now, let's flip the coin because now I'm going to talk about people who endured in their faith. I, I want to be like Abraham and Sarah. I want to receive. I want to get back to turkey hunting, and I was thinking about this today. I, that's why I'm supposed to be on my vacation now. And the closest I can get to it is my turkey socks somebody gave me. So, you know, we're not, none of us are where we want to be. All of us want to get back here. But what if we have to endure? Well, I want to tell you, the Bible talks about some heroes and I know my wife's going to tell me, honey, they can't read your writing. My staff tells me all the time and I threaten to fire them. <laughs> no, I don't do that. I'm going to blame it on my fourth grade teacher. Somehow I missed it in the process. But I think you're getting the point. There's receiving faith and there's enduring faith. Abraham and Sarah were great, but listen to some words of some great heroes. Look at verse 35. After he reads three quarters of the chapter, this litany of great men and women of faith, he said there were others who faced chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They went about, now, now these are talking about people who the world was persecuting. That Satan, the power behind evil, was right there trying to attack their lives. But people stayed with God. Satan didn't like it. Crisis came to them. Listen, it said they went about in goatskins. Good people, godly people, faith people, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. They lived in caves and holes in the ground. It's like saying they were down to their last can of sardines. They were all commended for their faith. Commended by God. Because when we're enduring difficulty, listen, it's easy when the refrigerator's full. It's easy when, you know, the crisis is gone. It's easy to have faith in. But when they're in the middle of the crisis, it's easy to give up on God. Friends, we're not going to do it. Notice as we keep reading, they were commended for their faith, but none of them received what had, been pro what had been promised. What does that mean? It means they kept following God in the crisis. And here's the word they endured. They had perseverance. And I want to tell you this, friends, and this needs to sink into your heart. Faith doesn't always fill our pockets and make bad things stop. Sometimes our faith in God will help us find strength and peace to face the crisis. I'm not trying to tell you that if you just have enough faith, everything is going to go back to normal. It may be a new normal God's trying to bring us to. But what I want to tell you this, friends, is in the middle of the crisis, you can find a confidence in God, a peace in God, a strength in God. You can have symptoms of the flu or you don't know what it is. You may be wondering if you should get a, a test. I want to tell you, friends, in the middle of that situation, you can have an enduring confidence in God that God's not going to turn his back on you. He is not going to forgive you. Uh, forgive you. He's not going to forget you. Listen, if faith was like rubbing Aladdin's lamp, friend, if faith was just a mean to twist God's arm, I fear that God might become our servant. In other words, that rather than him being God and we're seeking his will instead of ours, we would somehow use God. But I want to tell you, friends, faith is not a lever that we pull and out pops the goodies. Faith is like a drawbridge in the old castle moat. And we extend our faith to God. And we trust Him with whatever the future will hold. I don't know about you, friends, but I'm glad my trust is not limited to the State House or the White House. But my trust is anchored in Almighty God. And He is worthy of our praise. I want to close my message. I'm going to make a, 
I'm just going to call it a fish sandwich. You say, well, what are you saying there, preacher? I'm going to make a faith sandwich. And on this side, or inside the sandwich, is the word receive. Uh-oh, I before E except after C, R-E-C-E-I-V-E. So this is the sandwich, this is the meat, this is the, uh, the cheese, the pickles. But the bread is endure. And, the, and it's chapter 10. Chapter 11 was on receiving. But then the other side of the bread is also endure from chapter 12. So what I just read you about receiving great things from God is sandwiched between two verses about enduring. Let's read about them. This faith sandwich, Hebrews chapter 10. Before the great promise to Abraham and others, here's what it said. Remember when you, here's the word, endured a great conflict full of suffering. These are talking to Christians that were persecuted because of their faith. There were people in the world that hated them and they lost many their lives and everything they had. He said, you suffered along with those in prison. You joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Oh, how could you do that? It's because you knew yourselves that you had better and lasting possessions. Now listen, I want to tell you, friends, in this series, Corona Crisis, we'll talk more about this. But earth is not our home. And nothing on this earth is permanent. But that which is done for Christ is eternal and it lasts forever. Now listen verse 35. To these people he called to endure great difficulty. He says don't throw away your confidence. And I want to tell you today as your pastor and as your friend. Don't throw away your confidence in God. The Bible says it will be richly rewarded. But what we need to do friends. The Bible says verse 36. You need to. Say it with me. Persevere. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you'll receive what He's promised. The key thing in this whole passage is the will of God. I'm, there's a part of me that's just really concerned about John. I'm concerned about my food. I'm concerned about my shelter. I'm concerned about my money. I'm concerned about my turkey hunting. But there's another part of me that's concerned about the will of God being done through this crisis so multitudes of people around the world begin relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. This word endure means to continue believing. It means to continue serving the Lord without giving up because of difficult circumstances. And I don't know about you, friend, but here's what I'm committed to. I'm committed to be like Abraham and do everything I can to receive what, my, what our family, our church, uh, what our city, our nation needs through faith in a good God. But I'm also committed to endure the difficulty as long as it lasts. Because God is still a good God. Listen, next, uh, next week's message, I'm going to continue this series. It's called, Why is this crisis happening? We'll look at crises in the Bible and what caused them and what people did in the midst of them. But I want to conclude with this. The last part of the, 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 the other part of this sandwich. Endure, receive, endure. 10, 11, and 12. Listen to chapter 12. It tells us how we keep strong faith. That helps us endure the crisis. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says. Let us run with perseverance. Let us run with perseverance the race. That's marked out for us. I want you to think of those words. The race marked out for us. You and I are not here by accident. You're not living in this time of history. 
You're not living, whether it's in Texarkana, wherever you live, wherever you're watching me, it's not an accident. God was deliberate, God was strategic about the day of your birth, about the purpose of your life. The Bible says God wrote about our life in a book before one day came to pass. It's an incredible thing to think about. And he's marked a race out for us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out from us. And here's how we do it, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer of our faith. And notice what it said. Jesus was in a crisis when he lived on this earth, persecution. The cross was a crisis, but the Bible says it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. Crisis is not fun. The cross was not fun for Jesus, but he saw something good on the other side through the will of God. And notice Jesus said, uh, Scripture says, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There's something, was something good on the other side of the cross for Jesus, and there's something good on the other side of the crisis for us. Notice what it says, verse 3, and I'll close with this. Consider him, this is Jesus, consider him who endured such opposition so you'll not grow weary and lose heart. And friend, I want to leave you with this thought today. You and I, and Jesus is our example, and he's the source of our strength in this corona crisis. Uh, to fix our eyes on Jesus is to face this crisis like a runner running the race. My dear friend, Pastor Mike, who will be with me in just a moment, he'll close our service. He used to be a track runner. And he's knows what it's like if you're running the mile race. Those first three laps, you're just trying to keep pace with whoever else is running in the race. But that last lap is different. It's almost like a sprint. And as you get around the track in that last race, your eyes begin to focus on the finish line. And the finish line does something for you. When you feel like giving up, when you feel like quitting, when you feel like you can't go anymore, the finish line makes you go farther. That's exactly who the person of Christ is to us. He's the finished line. You and I can follow his example as we go around this crisis and as we finish our race. We can, listen, we can reach the finish line of this last lap. My prayer today is that you and I will be receivers of, from God in miraculous ways. And we make it through the crisis and life resumes. But if in this crisis I have to endure some difficulties, you know what? The same Jesus who helped me start the race is the same Jesus who's going to help me finish it. Now listen, I want to close in prayer with you today. But before I close in prayer with all of us, and we're just going to pray that God would help us. And when I pray, I'm going to ask you to join with me and let our prayers together go to God and ask for God's help to come to us in this great time of crisis and stress. But I want to ask you this question right now. Has this crisis made you think more about God? Now listen, in life, if you have health, if you've got wealth, if you've got a job, if you've got freedom, you can do whatever you want to do. At the very moment that I'm sharing this message today, our city government, our county, is going to start a, a lockdown. And we're basically all not just asked, but now we're being told or commanded to stay at home. When things like this happen, it makes you aware of your need for God. My friends, all of us have moments in our life where we become aware deep in our hearts that we're not where we need to be with God. My moment happened on 
August 15, 1976, 40 years ago. I was raised in church, grateful for it. Mom saw that I was there. I went through Sunday school. But what I knew about God was up in my head. It had never got in my heart and changed my life. And I remember my Sunday school teacher for my entire elementary years. Her name was Julia Guy, a sweet little lady in that Methodist church. She taught me John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whoever would believe in him, there's faith, would not perish, but have everlasting life. And I remember that I was at a crisis point in my life. Because you see, most of us come to God in a crisis. If you don't have any problems in life, friend, you're not aware of your need for God. But right now, all of us are aware of our need for God. Maybe you're a Christian and you know the Lord. If you died today, you'd go to heaven. But maybe you've not been living the life that you should be living. I want to encourage you to find a renewed dedication in your heart right now. I'm going to encourage you, Christian, if you're backslidden, if you're not serving the Lord, if Christ for you is, you know, take it or leave it, I want to encourage you to do some business with God and recommit your life to Him. But maybe some of you are listening today and you say, Pastor, I've never committed my life to Christ. I've never put my faith and trust in Christ. I've never begun to follow Him. Well, here's what I want to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And in this prayer, it's going to be prayed on your behalf. I'm going to ask you to say it with me. And literally, we're going to invite Christ to come into our lives. We're going to ask Jesus to forgive our sins. You see, that's why Jesus died on the cross. You see, he, it wasn't because he couldn't escape it. It's because it was God's penalty or God's solution for our sins. You see, it was Adam's sin that got the world in the mess it's in today. And if in your heart right now as I'm talking to you, you feel like I'm talking right to you. Perhaps that's God himself speaking through me to your heart, saying he wants you to begin to follow Christ. I want to ask you to bow your heads with me now. And I want to just ask everyone, say these words with me. Dear Heavenly Father, that's right, just say it with me. Dear, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Come on, say it. Thank you for loving me in this crisis. And today I declare my need for you. Today I declare I can't live without you. Today I acknowledge that I have sinned against God. And I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to wash my sins away. And give me a brand new life. Today Lord Jesus. I make the decision. To follow you. As my Savior and Lord. In Jesus name. Now, friends, I want to tell you, that simple commitment is more than a ticket to heaven. But if you will follow up on this and live for Jesus, it will revolutionize your life. And it will cause you, listen, on that great day when you stand before him for Jesus to look to you and welcome you as his son or daughter. Listen, I want to encourage you as I close now on the screen, you'll see a number. It's 97,000. If you just prayed that prayer to commit your life to Christ... I want to encourage you to type in the word restore. Type in the word restore. If maybe you're watching and you say, I like what I'm hearing today. I want to hear more. I want to learn about the church. Uh, type that same number, 97,000, and type in C-O-T-R. 
And if you do that, we'll link you up with not only some information about the church, but we'll share with you how you can get on board for some discipleship materials. You can, through your cell number, we'll send you every day for about every other day for nine days some basic, simple discipleship materials, how you can grow in your Christian life. Go ahead and do it now, 97,000. And uh, you type in the word restore or type in the word COTR, and we will contact you. Uh, listen, in just a moment, Pastor Mike is going to come. Uh, he will share some important announcements, and he'll also uh, give you an opportunity to give in an offering if you want to invest in the work of the Lord. But I'm going to encourage you, after I pray, I'm going to encourage you to, when this is over, don't just get up and go to the refrigerator or run somewhere else. I want you to take just a minute and discuss with the people that are around you, whether it's your wife, your kids, family, whoever's near you. Take just a few minutes and ask them, what did you learn today? And how am I going to apply this to my life? It'll be revolutionary. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, today we do recognize you as our God and our Savior. We ask you to help today all the men and women that are working to solve this problem. Help the scientists looking for a cure. Help the government officials that are trying to stop it. Help all the medical professionals that are trying to save people. Help the truckers, Lord, that continue to bring us food. Help those who, throughout the supply chains, whether it's electricity or sanitation, help everyone, I pray, God, and I pray that this crisis would quickly come to an end. But you give us grace and strength to endure until it does. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. Thanks for joining in.